to season two of Best Life Abroad, Not Your Average Travel Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to make your dream of moving abroad a reality. So I am Dr. Raquel, and I'm so excited to kick off this new season. Um, So in this season, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. We've listened to all the stories and been inspired by our friends who have shared their journeys of moving abroad. Um, so they've shared insights and tips on how moving abroad is a possibility for everyone. So now it's time to take a little bit of a deeper dive and start getting this plan into action. So you've made a decision. You're like, yes, I have decided I am moving abroad. So uh, today what we're going to talk about is what you need to start thinking about and what you need to start doing next. And so the first part of that is really to start embracing this decision. Like it is a big decision, a decision that many people dream about and talk about, but don't actually like make the decision like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. It can be exciting. It can be overwhelming. It can be stressful. It's normal to have some doubts and some fears about making such a big change, but you really just want to embrace all the opportunities that comes with such a huge decision. Like moving to another country can create a whole new life if that's what you really want it to be. Or it can just enhance the life that you currently have. Or it can just give you more peace. It can give you more flexibility. Really, that's all I wanted when I was moving abroad. I was like, I just need like peace. I just need more calm. I just need more time for myself. I just need time to be able to like experience different things. I just wanted something different than what I had every day. And I knew that that was the way that I wanted to get it. This journey that you are ready to embark on is really a chance for personal growth and an opportunity to have some really incredible experiences. I have shared many, many times over the course of last season (laughs) that moving abroad really was the best decision that I ever made in my life. It didn't just change my physical location, but also how I looked at so many different aspects of life. And once you made the decision, once I made the decision to move abroad, I spent so many hours just like scouring the internet, trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do next. All I could think about was, okay, girl, you need a job, you need a visa. Um, So I spent a lot of time figuring out the requirements of working abroad and getting a visa. And then I realized very quickly that the process differs drastically depending on which country that you want to move to. So for the first thing you want to do, you want to really start beginning to research which country you'd like to live in. So choosing your destination is going to really impact how you approach everything else, okay? So thorough research is going to be the key to finding this right place for your next chapter. Um, And you want to consider things like job opportunities, what's available, if you want to work in-country or if you want to get more bang for your buck by working for a U.S.-based company but still living in a country that may have a much lower cost of living. So cost of living is something else that you need to consider. Um, You want to think about climate. So my conversations with people moving abroad, Merida, Mexico has been one location that keeps popping up. But one thing that's important to consider with Merida is temperature. So Merida can be in the 90s Fahrenheit beginning in March, and that can last through September. So if you're moving to an area where air conditioning is not really a thing, climates are very hot, 
you definitely need to consider, is this something that I realistically can withstand? And not just withstand, but enjoy. Like you're not moving to another country to withstand it. You're moving to live your best life. Um, and so um, is this something that I can enjoy between March and September? Climate is very important. Culture, lifestyle, those are things too that you want to consider. There are many things that I love about Belgian culture. Um, or that I love about Belgian culture and other things that make me crazy. But for me, the benefits outweigh the crazy. So I know that Belgium is a country that I love and want to live in. Um, but there are lots of online resources, expat communities, guides that can help you get information about different countries. You can, of course, go to my website, www.yourbestlifeabroad. Um, and there I have a blog post called country considerations and there you can learn about what you need to consider when you're choosing your country to move to and remember finding a, a place that aligns with your goals your values your aspirations your lifestyle that you want to have this will really set the stage for you to have a successful move okay okay next let's talk about money okay the financial aspects of your move Planning and budgeting are crucial. Now, if you are not a planner or a budgeter, you need to watch a good YouTube on how to use an Excel or something to just have the basics. You need to find a good app. Um, I like Rocket Money, for example. Um, that can really help you as you're budgeting and as you're managing, okay, how much money is it actually going to take to make this thing real? You want to explore different ways of saving money or managing your expenses during the relocation process. Consider what are possible sources of income that you haven't tapped into to give you some little extra cushion before you go. Job opportunities, as I mentioned, are those going to be in-country? Are those going to be where you're working virtually? Are you working as a virtual nomad, for example? But by having a solid financial plan, you'll be able to handle the various financial aspects of the move. So there are lots of things that just pop up. Where it's like, okay, you need this documentation, but then you have to like travel somewhere to get that documentation, or you need your social security card, which is at your mother's house in a different state. And to get there, it might cost some money. And so those are the types of things that you just want to make sure that you have a cushion for. And um, because you really, with, with a move abroad, flexibility is super important because you just never know like what's going to be thrown at you. So you want to be as best equipped and prepared for all the things as possible so that when that time comes around, you're like, no problem. I got this. I'll have this tomorrow. I'll have this in two days. Sometimes you want to pay a little bit extra to get that expedited over to you. So those are just things that you need to consider. You also want to think about um, what you need to get abroad and what you need while you're there. So there are lots of cost of living calculators. My favorite is Numbio. Um, on this specific site, you can compare the country. You can also get as granular as comparing the cost from city to city. Even like if you want the, if you like imported beer versus domestic beer, you know, beer is huge in Belgium. You can get as granular as you'd like. You can take a look at the things that are important to you and see what those are really going to cost in your new home. And compare it to where you are currently. So if you have made, then you know if you make the exact same amount of money while you're abroad as you do while you're current in your current location, you'll know exactly how much wiggle room you have or don't. So now let's talk about how to navigate the, the visa process. We'll just say we'll just say the visa process. 
that can include a lot of different things, okay? But you need to really start preparing for this and as early as possible. So first, I just want to say get copies of everything, okay? You may not think that you need a copy of that money order that you sent along. You're like, of course I sent it. Like you started processing it. You wouldn't have done that if I didn't send you the money for it. However, there are many times when all of a sudden someone says, oh, we never got this. That's not possible for you to not have gotten that. But sure, let me send you that copy then. Okay. Every check, every money order, every signed form, whatever it is, you need a copy for yourself. Okay. There is an app that I love called Cam Scanner and it converts pictures from your phone into whatever kind of document that you need. So I usually use it to convert images from my phone. Like I just take a picture of something on my phone that I need as a, a PDF, which is great for documents because then you can move the corners. It just looks very clean. But you never know when something is going to turn up missing in this process. And again, flexibility. And you need to know exactly what you wrote or what you shared in order to make sure that you have consistency. So that's really huge. Document everything. Take a copy of everything. Um, secondly, I'll say patience, like I mentioned, flexibility, but be patient and do not wait until the last minute for anything. If you are a procrastinator, then you need to go ahead and start setting some alarms so that you stop procrastinating because procrastination is not the key to a successful smooth visa process. Because if you wait until the last minute, you cannot be patient because you're stressed out and you're worrying about if you have what you'll need to have before your flight. Okay, I have seen it many a times where it's like the day before and people are still waiting on getting a visa or it's two days before and or the morning of. And you're like, where my passport still hasn't come yet because I waited too late to apply for it. <clears throat> and um, we know that staffing is an issue everywhere that includes the U.S. government. And so with that, you need to make sure that you allow a certain I think right now. It's about 12 weeks for the normal process time for a passport. So you need to make sure that you're allowing for things like that. It's also to just important to just understand the visa requirements and permits and residency regulations for your specific destination. As I mentioned, every country is very different and what you need will be different depending on which country you're looking at, which is why I recommend first deciding on your country. Um, but the visa complex uh, process is just complex, period. It just is. And you really want to make sure that you're prepared for all the things that you can experience during that process. Of course, government websites are extremely helpful. But really, I would recommend finding virtual communities like Facebook expat groups for your country of choice. Those can help you get some real-time information about what websites to go to, what you might actually need while you're in your visa process. So I remember um, when I was trying to move to Spain, I needed to get a student, a student visa. And so I looked, of course, on the government website, which is was like the standard place. Um, and I didn't have half of the paperwork that I needed. And I had to like travel to New York at like four in the morning with my parent, with my dad, stand outside only for them to be like, you don't have half of the paperwork that you needed. And I'm like, this is what your website said though. Um, so moving abroad later, I did not do that. I looked at the government website. I looked at all the things that said anything about moving abroad to Germany. And then 
I also, so any information that they posted there, like, oh, you need a financial statement. Oh, you need this. You need that. I just brought everything. And guess what? We had all the documents that we needed, including all those that were on that site, on all of those sites that the government website did not say that we needed. Um, so you really want to kind of pull your resources from different places to make sure you have what you need. And the earlier that you get started, the better. You do not want to be stressing yourself out for no reason, only because you waited until the last minute. Okay? Okay. I will not wait until the last minute. I will not wait until the last minute. Okay? I will have peace of mind. All right. Now let's talk about how you go about creating your relocation timeline, which for me, I love a good timeline. So this is like the fun part for me. But having a timeline and setting realistic goals, I will say it again, realistic goals is going to be critical for staying organized and on track. So there are so many conversations I have with people and they're like, okay, I'm ready. It's time to move abroad. But then there's like, a, I want to move abroad in the next four weeks. So then you have 20 things a day on your schedule for you to do. Mm. Even if you get through 10 of those, more than likely, at least five of them will have at least three to 10 follow-up steps. So that means you're really saying you're doing like 30 things a day. Mm. That's not realistic. So we want to start by saying, okay, what tasks? do I need to accomplish and then start working on that? Okay. Realistic goals. So if you realistically can only get to one, then that timeline needs to be focused on that so that you're not then feeling discouraged and disappointed because you didn't follow through on the things that you wanted to do. Okay. You will need to start finding a place to live and you will need to start getting rid of and selling as many of your belongings as possible okay you will see that i did not even mention storing anything and there is a reason again i said it many times last season and several of our guests also confirmed that this is real i have yet to hear anyone say i wish i would have kept more things i wish i would have brought more things with me okay anyone i have ever talked to about this has said why in the world did I keep the things that I kept or I wasted so much money shipping things when I could have not spent $50 shipping the soap to this different country and just brought, bought some soap when I got to my new country for $2. So, you know, you really want to consider when you are moving that you don't want to spend extra money on foolery. Okay. So you want to get rid of, sell, as much as possible so that you are moving into a new phase of life, feeling new and not bogged down by stuff. Now, of course, some of that's important. Keepsakes, things you want to have from like your family, your friends that are important to you. You keep those things. Those things. You can keep them with a, a friend or a relative. You keep them in a safe place, whatever that is for you. Um, but it's the things that you don't really need. Okay? You don't really need four pairs of boots to bring abroad because you can buy boots that might even be cuter when you get there, okay? If you're moving abroad for the military, that can be very different because you don't have to come out of pocket for a lot of these costs. Um, so if that's the case, you really 
can say, okay, I might want to bring more than someone who's paying for it themselves out of pocket. But I would also recommend, like, if you're immersing yourself into a new country, then plan to do that and only take what's truly essential for you, right? You also want to begin organizing any necessary paperwork and documents that you need. So I mentioned before, like social security cards. I never knew I needed my social security cards until like I was applying for something in country and then was like, oh my goodness, okay, I'm going to need my mom to send me my social security card. Licenses, licenses, they just stress me out. I will tell you why. So driving abroad can either be straightforward or not. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that is what it is. So you want to make sure that you do some research about what the driving rules, laws, reciprocity with your home state in the U.S. Um, And I'll explain what I mean by that. But you can also get an international driving permit from AAA. So this allows you to legally drive in most countries, sometimes in conjunction with your U.S. um, driver's license. But um, you can drive for up to a year. And I, I think it's $20. So very much worth it just to avoid a lot of stress that can come along with a driver's license. So for me in Germany, when I lived in Germany, um, I did lots of research on exactly what I needed. I found out that I can drive with my U.S. driver's license. Um, but my research was a bust because ultimately I learned that um, after going to get my German driver's license, I think after a year, my U.S. license, I couldn't drive with that one anymore. So, you know, said, okay, you go to the DMV, you give them your license, they give you back a nice German license. Yay. Not the case. So I went and my husband, we went, we gave them our good North Carolina licenses, um, only for them to say, okay, we will send you in the mail um, a letter to let you know when we need you to come back here. Great. So we go back, we get our letter in the mail, like, yes, a German driver's licenses are ready. Go back to the DMV, which of course is not called a DMV, but that's the DMV equivalent. And then they say, okay, we need to see your U.S. licenses. Sure, here you go. They kindly take those things, put them in the bag and say, okay, you need to take a driving test. Um, I'm sorry, what? So basically, with a North Carolina license, we would be required in Germany to take the German written driving test. Now, we found out that had we given them our Virginia licenses, which we also had, then we would not have to take a written or a driving test. Another friend of ours from California had no reciprocity within Germany. And so she had to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars taking both the written and the driving test. So depending on which state's license you gave Germany, determine which driving test you would then have to take in return. So that was not any information that we found out in advance. Unfortunately, we found that out on the ground. Fortunately, we only had to take the written test, which was much cheaper than the written and the driving test. So these are things that, again, things like the community boards will be very helpful in helping you to understand, okay? So to stay on track, you want to prioritize the tests that you have to complete. You want to manage your time effectively 
And again, what is manageable and realistic? It is not helpful for you to put create an idealistic timeline that you're going to be losing your mind to complete. Okay. You make progress towards your goal of moving abroad and progress, not perfection is the goal. You might not have been able to complete everything this week, but then you adjust. Okay. It's really about taking a step every day, every week towards your goal of moving abroad. That's what it's going to be. Cause like I said, so many people want to make this a reality but then never end up doing so because they're not consistently taking steps forward. And lastly, I think this is hugely important, but I want to touch on the importance of building your support network within a new country. Now, moving abroad, it can be challenging. Like you're, you're moving, everything is new. The food is new. The people are new. Sometimes, well, the language is new because even if you're going to the UK, that is not American English. Um, so the language will be new. The culture is new. The norms are new. The clothing is new. Like everything is new. So having a support system can make a huge difference in what your experience is like when you move abroad. It is possible for you to meet new people, for you to make friends, for you to connect with your local community. I have friends right now that I have had for years that we do not have the same first language and we have very different norms and culture, but because we were able to connect and I was able to connect with them while I lived in their country, we have bonds that will last forever. Okay. Things like online platforms, expat groups, networking events. I just got a message about a networking event that's happening for black Americans in Portugal um that happened like a few weeks ago if i was in portugal i would have been there okay um but things like that like meetups there are meetups happening all the time all around the world um and if you want to say hey i'm thinking of moving to portugal so let me just go ahead and plan my vacation around this meetup time you can see and talk to people who are living and doing the things that you want to do and really get to pick their brain and see what that experience is like and start building your community. Now, if you're concerned about how you will be received in your new country based on your identity, it is good to find other groups and communities, virtual communities that share that identity. So for example, for me, um, I identify as a black woman and it was very important for me to find other black identifying women in Belgium. In Germany, it was very hard to find hair care products that were not either a million dollars or I had to drive hours and hours and hours to get there. So God bless Belgium because when I landed on the ground, I was a part of um, a Flemish class to learn the language. Flemish is what they spoke where I lived in Belgium. And so there were many black women in my class and I had um, the opportunity to really start building my village through the women that I met there. And little did I know that there was a huge black hair store within walking distance from my house with all the things totally reasonably priced. And it was a good blessing. So having a community around you um, will provide a really valuable experience, provide the guidance, the sense of belonging that you need in order to be grounded and to be immersed in your new culture. So I'm really grateful for all the people that I met and that I'm still connected with today um, after years and years and years of meeting them. Now to wrap up this episode, let's do a quick recap. 
of what we discussed. First, you really want to embrace this decision. This is a huge, wonderful, amazing, exciting decision. And you really want to embrace that. You want to make sure that you are thoroughly researching the right country for you. So looking at all the different factors that will contribute to your experience living in that country. You want to plan and budget effectively. You want to figure out, okay, what do I need to be there? You want to navigate the visa process. Okay, you want to start utilizing the different platforms, the different websites, the different people such as myself who can help you with the things that you need in order to have a smooth, as smooth as possible visa process. You also want to start working on your relocation timeline. So this is what is going to be able to keep you on track and consistently moving forward. And you want to begin building your support network in your home country, which you can do from wherever you are, thanks to the good, good internet. So. It's time to take action and start implementing these plans to get this move abroad going. Okay, let's kickstart this thing. Now, again, as I mentioned when we started, this season is going to be a little bit different. Where I'm going to be taking a deeper dive into these different things that you need to start working on. Um, so thank you again for joining us for the season two opener of Best Life Abroad, not your average tra travel podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. I will go deeper into many different topics related to living and thriving abroad. So if anyone is interested in moving abroad, which I know you are, but if you need some help, I am here to support you on your personal journey. Head to my website at www.yourbestlifeabroad.com for information on how to turn your dream of moving abroad into a reality. It is time. Thanks again for joining me today. And there is no time like the present to live your best life abroad. Mm -hmm.